Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. Ça va. Ah, pas bien et toi? Ah, ça va bien, ça va bien. Merci. Ah, we are here, people. We're back. We are back, back, back again in the mm. calmest city in North America. Ugh. Ugh. It's been a not fun time. Yeah, it's been a really great week of our downtown being full of uh, people doing great things like assaulting people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and waving racist memorabilia around it's been a hard week for ottawa and we're sorry that we did not publish our last episode last monday but we just didn't feel right to um publish something while all of that was happening yeah. uh, we had gone through it was the first weekend of them being there and it was a hard weekend so and honestly when well and honestly like when you've got people who are uh waving things that take away from marginalized and racialized groups uh, Mm -hmm. the right thing to do is to turn over voice Mm -hmm. to those groups so yeah uh if you're racist you can fuck off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll stop we'll stop uh, I hope you guys took some time to listen to some of the podcasts that uh, staff shared and put together. Um, yeah. Listen to listen to people of color. That's that's the long and short of it. Listen to Indigenous mm-hmm. folks. They deserve water. They deserve rights. It's twenty twenty two. It's been it's been a horrifying week, and we are recording this, uh, and it's today's saturday so there's meant to be more people showing up i haven't really i've been avoiding social media oh, I've uh, so i don't online. know <laughs> i have like, the whole when i first started the first weekend like i did not sleep at night because i was just like obsessed on twitter like trying to see like what was happening and at one point i was like i just need to shut off um because yeah. the stories are horrifying like this one um person they they're near their house and they were explaining how they have um like the trans flag and the pride flag and they have them all in front of their house and at night like 1 a.m to 2 a.m someone tried to break in it was like screaming uh so really not nice things to them about their sexuality and it was just horrifying 100%. and that's like one story one story there's hundreds of stories throughout the weekend the week and there's probably gonna be more by the time you guys hear this episode Hundred percent. I mean, like, sad time. And even like the horrifying prejudice stuff aside, like even the people who are just living downtown who are yeah. being subjected to what is considered a form of torture. Yeah. Like that kind of pre- like prevalent noise, like and the way that it's used to have you not sleep and stuff, like that is considered a form of torture. Mm-hmm. And people have been living that way for a week, and it's horrible, and they don't deserve it, and it it needs to stop. Yes. Like it needs to stop. This is not peaceful. Torching people is not a form of peaceful protest. And shout out to GoFundMe for fucking being like, fuck you, you horrible 
legal shits, you're not getting your money. So good for them. And for like the people, like we have listeners from across the world, so you may not be entirely, they may not know exactly what's happening, but basically there has been a convoy of trucks that have made their way to in front of the parliament and have been, they've pretty much set up house. They've, uh, they're occupying, occupying, occupying the area and just constantly blasting their horns. They have like a bunch of like mics and speakers and they're constantly just like screaming and shouting and the horns are going on. So people, uh, there's constant noise up to like 18 hours or even more a day. So people aren't able to sleep. People are being harassed for wearing a mask just to go to the pharmacy, the grocery stores. People are being assaulted. Uh, yeah, Mushu Ice Cream had their fucking store attacked. And then an employee yeah. assaulted. Yeah, an employee and... assaulted and then they closed. Yeah. Like, no matter what side of this you're standing on, and, like, that's not what I am really here to debate. I mean, obviously, Steph yeah. and I have been clear on our standpoint. We believe in science. Mm-hmm. Um, This is not the way to do no. it. You are punishing thousands of people for nothing to do with this. Yeah, and if you're standing in a group with people who are racist and are doing racist things, the Milo is correct. It's fucked. And if you're, yeah, like, I don't know, if as a, a, admittedly a bit of a reach and a bit of an analogy, like, if I went to a house party and I wouldn't care if that house party was raising, maybe it's a kegger and it's raising money for whatever the fuck. Maybe it's cancer research. If I found out the person whose house that was at or the people organizing it had any ties to white nationalists, I'd fucking leave. Mm-hmm. Like, that? I don't know what to say aside from it's not okay. I, like every time I think of putting words together, I'm just mentally exhausted. I'm not even there and I'm mentally exhausted. Like the, the amount of loss that's been, that people have gone through, people, the, the residents the are living there. The businesses, businesses are able, also the, like the people from those groups are targeted, like just watching this in, in the news, on TV and social media and not- it's traumatizing. Having, yeah and then like for the government and for government bodies kind of being quiet about this that's not helping that's not it's not good no (sighs) anyways that's what's keeping us up at night yeah we're gonna skip that part (laughs) that and i'm still watching survivor it is still the best show on television i watched the last episode of below deck yesterday Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you gone into Big uh, Brother yet? Gotta watch no. it. Man. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Lamar Odom, I'm so sorry you have IBS and what happened happened on live TV. That makes me very oh. sad for you. What happened? Poop the bed. Oh no. The bed. I felt really sad for him. Yeah, I have not been in that sad. position myself, but like I, I feel very sad for him. Chronic illness yeah. is horrible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Steve, uh, speaking of cults, how fitting. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's kick off where I left off. Yes. Uh, part two. Part two. Uh, seems very fitting these days. Also mm-hmm. not related. If someone could take Kanye West's phone away from him, that would be great. He is going through it. I don't, I don't, uh, I've been like avoiding social media, so I don't really know what you're referring He's to. Like, but, so okay. I, uh, obviously, cause I talked a bit about last week, how I fucking love, I, I live for reality TV. It, I find it yes. so entertaining. An obvious 
massive reality TV phenomenon was Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is soon to be the Kardashians on Hulu and Disney Plus. And their horrible uh, behavior with uh, impossible standards of beauty aside, I actually do think uh, Kim is a good mom and clearly like cares about her kids. Mm -hmm. So North has always seem to gravitate to social media and like just seems to enjoy it okay. so kim or one of her various peons mm -hmm. uh manages a tiktok account that is kim and north doing stuff and it's okay. like doing silly dances and stuff north seems to really enjoy it kanye her soon-to-be ex-husband fucking does not approve okay uh, and is airing all of his grievances online on instagram which, like, uh. and you know what? Like, I'm not going to say whether or not a kid should be on TikTok. I don't know. I'm not a mental health expert or a child mm -hmm. care expert or anything by any stretch. What I do know is that you probably shouldn't air things publicly so that your children will not be traumatized be by it later on. Yeah. After he's already been, like, we almost aborted North. Like, he, like, <gasps> to, did you not hear about that when he was running for president? No. Yeah. He talked I'm about very how not in tune with, like, the states. I don't oh. really, it's not that I don't like you guys. It's just, I'm not us. I don't know. <laughs> Steph's worried and just worrying about what's happening locally. <laughs> There's a lot to worry about locally. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a media file. So I, uh, mm -hmm. I fucking digest everything. Um, Kanye, I worry for him. His mental health clearly isn't good. Someone's got to take away Kanye's phone because he's going to do some irreparable damage. Stuff, Carolyn, the other stuff, our other friend stuff, our friend Carolyn and I have just been like, oh my gosh, all <laughs> the last few days, both with what's going on downtown, also with fucking Kanye needing to put his phone down. Anyways, sad. let's get back to cults. Yay, the fun stuff, guys. <laughs> so Cosmopolitan magazine, the magazine that teaches you about blowjobs, also put out the 16 scariest cult stories of all time. Okay. The 16 or 60? 16. Okay. Size. Yeah, yeah size. Okay. One okay. six. Okay. One less than 17. Oh. Scariest cult stories of all time. So I thought we could talk about those today. Mm -hmm. I probably won't go through all 16 because I don't want this to be a five hour episode. Why not? Uh, shout out to Cosmo because I'm uh, basically repurposing your hard work. Uh, but it's a good uh, curation of different things that you can find anywhere online. So it just happened to be okay. Cosmo that I researched from. Okay. So let's talk about Nexium. Have you ever heard about Nexium? No. Okay. So Nexium uh, was a cult that started in 1998. And it was basically like a self-help organization. And okay. they were there to like run classes and workshops on empowerment. And they actually ended up with 18,000 followers at least. Wow. Yeah. So it was really prevalent in North America until 2017. And in 2017, members actually started to come forward to uh, blow the whistle on what was going on within the group because it turns out there's a lot of abusive and secret practices within a secret mm -hmm. society of the group. Okay. So they would recruit women under, like, just to say, like, oh, like, you're joining a sisterhood. This is a safe place. Nope. Actually, a sex cult. <gasps> yeah. Not okay. And it functioned as, like, kind of a pyramid scheme. And uh, women 
uh, sorry, a scheme. It's, it was called a pyramid scheme, and it was called Rainier. And members called it Vanguard. So at the top, there were masters, and the masters would recruit other women to this group. And these women, and I fucking hate this term being used loosely, but the women at the bottom of the group were you referred to as slaves. No. Yeah. So uh, they'd have, like, the slaves... Uh, with air quotes would have to give their master naked photos and other compromising documents so that they'd have things that they could use to blackmail them if they ever like reported what was going on mm-hmm. and part of the initiation process was actually getting a small tattoo um and like it was what they were told was going to happen but okay. instead they were made to undress and then their master would brand them <gasps> above their pelvic area oh and every single woman who was branded uh, would have to say, Master, please brand me. It would be an honor. Oh, my God. So, sorry. Rainier, who was, like, the person at the top of this, not the name of the thing. His, like, Rainier was the guy who was, like, at the top. Mm-hmm. Think fuck in 2020. He was tried in court. Good. And over a dozen women came forward to make statements regarding, like, the sexual and psychological abuse they had. And he was convicted of the following. Sex trafficking, racketeering, and child pornography because some victims were as young as 15 years old. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, there's actually two docu-series that are on that you can watch. Uh, one's called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. And Nexium is spelled N-X-I-V-M, which is called okay. Nexium Cult on Stars. I think you can actually watch Stars through Amazon Prime if you have a subscription. Same with Apple. Okay. Uh, and then there's The Vow, which is on HBO Max, a.k.a. Crave, if you're in Canada. And this fucker, uh, in a court filing his lawyers wrote, he is not sorry for his conduct or his choices. For fuck's sakes. Oh, yeah. Fucking wild. So next, let's talk about Children of God. I've heard of them. Like, what's, the name's familiar. Well, initially, they were called Teens for Christ. Okay. Uh, so, Children of God, it was actually founded in 1968 by <laughs> what is described as a rogue preacher named huh. David Berg. And this was in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, they mostly tried to recruit runaways and hippies. So, runaways are obviously a vulnerable group. Uh and they preached that they were uh, religious, like they were Christian, like worshiping Jesus, but combining it with like the whole like free love notion that was like super huge in the 60s. Like it was really a societal movement. Uh, so they were in group living and isolated communities and like that zealous behavior. Like those were like really the pillars of their uh, group. Mm-hmm. And they ended up having around... 15,000 people around the world participating in it, and they didn't go to work or go to school. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, they didn't believe in the mainstream family. What's called as, like, the nuclear family. Like, the nuclear family is, so, like, the mom, the dad, the kids. Like, that was very much, like, the family of the 50s. And still, like, the ma- most mainstream family thing. Like, you have your parental unit or units, and you have your dependents. Uh, but they didn't believe in that, so you'd have all the kids grouped together, and they'd live separately from their parents. Which concerns me because that makes the kids more vulnerable to yeah shit. So in the 70s, they became notorious for the sexual practices uh, that were basically like 
and his i'm trying to think of the best way to say this the way that the main guy described them were religious prostitution so he called it flirty fishing which was a practice in which women would elect would have sex with men to bring them into the cult okay so they would use their bodies as forced sex workers to bring more people in okay uh the berg like the preacher promoted and the sexualization of children within the community which is disgusting yes and he was generally quite sadistic and notably uh joaquin phoenix and rose mcgowan actually both grew up in children of god communes early uh and it took until the early 1990s for members to start or former members to start coming forward to explain like what was really going on oh so sad such so a sad. long time mm-hmm uh, Berg died in 1994, and he was actually under FBI investigation at the time. Uh, unfortunately, the Children of God does still exist, but now goes under the name Family International. Ugh. And they claim that they're no longer participating in the same horrifying practices. And there's a documentary called Children of God on Netflix. Okay. Hmm. Fucking crazy. Uh, let's talk about what I think is one of the most notorious cults. Diva guesses to which it's going to be Jamestown, the Manson family. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Charles Manson is fucking infamous. Yes, and it's been almost what fifty years. Yeah, it's all been almost fifty years. It's forty-five years since uh, he really went to town. He's like the quintessential cult leader, and. His group started in San Fran in 1967, and in the same year, they ended up relocating to Los Angeles. And <laughs> this fucking loser ended up trying to establish himself as a musician and failed. Uh, what a fuck. He was, like, obsessed with the song Helter Skelter, which was by the Beatles. And he repurposed it and started using the term Helter Skelter to describe what he referred to as a race war, which he thought would usher in the apocalypse. So in 1969, he sent a group of followers to a house in Benedict Canyon and told them to kill everyone inside, which is the, oh yeah, the most infamous thing. Oh, maybe it has been 50 years. It's 1969, 50 years ago? Oh my God, it was 53 years ago. Was it? I can't do math stuff. Um, neither can I. I think so. Is it more? Yeah. Yeah, because 2029 is 60 years after 1969. So yeah, it's been 53 years. Jesus Christ. Mm. So obviously uh the victims inside that house were quite famous. Um yeah. Sharon Tate, who was so young, and she was married to Roman Polanski, known criminal, uh, and celebrity hairdresser uh Jay Sebring. The next night, they murdered Rosemary and Lena LaBianca in their house in Los Feliz. We speculate that Manson had the murders committed because he thought it would like, get the whole helter-skelter thing started. And mm -hmm. some people speculate that Tate, the Tate house like where Sharon was murdered still belonged to yeah. someone who refused to give him a record deal, so they thought it was maybe like revenge. Oh, and okay. some other people speculate that the murders uh, were copycat murders and the it was copycat murders of 
someone who he was trying to get out of jail so like by copycatting them they would think like oh we have the wrong person mm. it's still happening okay um we don't know for sure and regardless it was kind of like the at the time like contemporary commenters kind of saw it as the end of the 1960s culture of free love because of how horrible okay. it was. yeah fucking nuts uh i'm gonna do one more and i'm gonna cut it because i don't want to go too long Okay. Um, let's talk about the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> so this is the fundamentalist Mormon movement. Um, have you ever watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. Fucking fantastic show based on this kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> Milo. Milo's at the door. Let me go get him. Yeah, I Milo needs myself. to come in. Okay, so I'll get started. So these fundies, uh, they first emerged in the 20th century. And the whole point of it was so that they could easily practice and freely practice polygamy because they were like, one spouse is not enough. Also, guys, like, that's okay. Like, just practice polyamory. Not for me, but I think there's a lot of healthy people who are doing it. And don't be a weirdo. Just do polyamory if you're going to be into more than one person at once. And do it, you know, uh, respectfully and consciously. I'm back. Uh, so I was just talking about how Latter-day Saints uh, started in the early 20th century so that they could practice okay. polyamory. Or poly- polygamy, not polyamory. One is fine, one oh, is good. not. Good. <laughs> um, things took a hard left turn when Warren Jeffs assumed leadership. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2002. Within a week, uh, he had married almost all his father's wives and decreed himself responsible for arranging marriages within the cult. So they, he was basically like, I am the king. I will decide Ugh. who marries who. And this included, unfortunately, marriages between people and underage girls. Gross. Um, fortunately, I guess. Like, like I don't know if that's the right word. Like, <laughs> things caught up for him pretty quick, because in 2005, okay. he was uh, charged with sexual assault on a minor, along with other crimes. And okay. he then had a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, in 2011, he ended up being sentenced for sexually assaulting uh, underage girls. And uh, he actually referred to these girls as his wives. If they are underage, they cannot be a wife because they cannot consent. Uh, he is currently serving a life plus 20 year sentence, and he is in Texas. And he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are some horrifying cults. We'll go into some more in a different episode. But now I'm going to turn it over to you, Steve. Steve, did you have a cult that you wanted to join? Yeah, it's called the Church of Emma. Church of um, Emma. <laughs> no, no. So, are you ready to choose your own adventure again? Oh yeah, that's right. Five. Yeah, that's what we're doing. You've got one to four. Five. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> one. Okay. This is a fun one. Okay. Is it? Is it going to have haunting dolls waving at me? Because last time I did <laughs> interestingly. So I'm going to do the creepy fact uh, that I've chosen for that one. So your creepy fact of the episode is fatal familial insomnia is a rare incurable oh, I brain disease. This terrifies me. The so this brain disease, oh, I hate this. <laughs> it progresses progressively destroys your brain's ability to sleep, 
Eventually, you stop sleeping altogether, go insane, have seizures, and die. Yeah, I fucking hate that. <laughs> it is, like, so, one of my nightmares. Very gross. So this fact, I got it from the website Bored Panda. Yay. Oh, thanks, Bored Panda. No, I'm not bored. I'm terrified. <laughs> All right. So I am doing something a little different. So I... I'm going to talk about a creature from French, Canadian, and uh, European culture, specifically France. Um, but it has other um, associations like within like the U.S. and all of that. Uh, so specifically, I'm going to talk about le loup-garou. So people may know loup-garou as a werewolf or a lycan, lycanthrope, lycanthrope. It's my, my favorite French word, loup-garou. <laughs> um so my so there's a difference between a loup-garou and a werewolf um specifically where the loup-garou story comes from and it's a bit less violent than a werewolf uh, so today we're going to focus on the french Canadian folklore story of it so for uh so a loup-garou um it is a human that changes into animal form commonly changes into a wolf, but in Milo is scratching the carpet. <sighs> Milo is actually a loup-garou. <laughs> He's like, this is what they sound like in nature. <laughs> Let me pause myself, tell him to stop. One moment, please. Elevator music, because Milo is being a shit. <laughs> this is the reality of having dogs. If you're not ready for your dog to be wild, you probably shouldn't have a dog. Okay, he went to sleep. Oh, good. So, um, commonly it changes into a wolf, but in French Canadian culture, a loup-garou can change into a dog, a small calf. Calf? Uh, how do we say that? Calf? Calf? Calf. calf. Like, like a baby cow, a calf? <laughs> words are going to be especially hard since I do have French words into that, into the story, so. Ah oui, loup-garou. It's going to be harder today. It's um, fine. An ox, owl, cat, or pig. So, the legend of the Lugahu made its way into Quebec folklore, specifically in the 17th century, when uh, people from France started to immigrate over here, and they started sharing their stories of their version of, of the Lugahu, which is a licanthrope, uh, and it's just the same word in English, so lycanthrope, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but as the stories started to mix and all of that, uh, the, there's a difference with the Quebec Lugahu is that it is, which is not uh, surprising as it is Quebec, it is based on Catholic morality. Oh, of course. Um, so basically, someone who, <laughs> someone who is not a good Christian or has religious shortcomings of some sort will be cursed to become a Lugahu. So specifically, the crimes that you can commit or the sins, uh, if you didn't confess, if you didn't attend mass, if you didn't participate in Lent, uh, or if you lived a life considered sinful by the church. Another if you're way bad, to become, you become a nukahu is if you sell your soul to the devil. So you got two ways. You got choices, people. So every night, the cursed individual automatically transforms into a, an animal of the choice of the curse, um, and they are forced to live as that animal every night, uh, not able to control their animalistic impulses until the curse is broken. 
So there's about two, 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 three ways you can break a curse. Um, so either you let it run its course and it's said to last over 101 days. Uh, once you've passed your 101 days, apparently you, you're done with it. I'm not sure. Um, and the articles I read, they didn't really elaborate on that. Okay. But maybe you just wait it out and you're done. Maybe. Yeah. Um, another way um, someone can be saved from the curse is if someone that they know recognizes them uh, when they are in their Lugahu form and form and find a way to draw blood from the Lugahu. Once the blood is drawn, the person will turn back into their human form. And to make sure that the curse is broken for good, the two individuals have to agree to never speak of the events ever again in fear of surf suffering graver consequences than the curse. Now, would you like to know how to hunt a Lugahu? I'm guessing it has something to do with silver. Uh, no. Okay, well, sure. <laughs> step, step one. If you suspect someone is a Lugahu, you have to take note of their behavior at night. Do they leave at the same time every night? And do they disappear for the entirety of the night? Once you've identified that they have suspicious behavior, you need to track the Lugahu in its animal form and wound that animal. The next time you see the person you think is a Lugahu, you have to check if the person is hurt in the same area that you've hurt the animal in. If they are both hurt in the same area, confirm that person is a Lugahu. All okay. right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Once you have identified your Lugahu, okay. you have to track them the next time they leave at night so you can see them and confirm in their Lugahu form, form again. <laughs> La um, so once they're in that uh, Lugahu, you either trace a cross on their forehead where they would have been baptized or okay. hit them in the spot in that same baptized to draw some blood. Okay, so find the Lugahu. So you find yes. them, you stalk them, yes. Yes. you bitch slap them on the forehead. Where they've been baptized. Yeah, so you bitch slap them on the baptism. So okay, you cool. hit them there or you draw some blood and then you can do so. If you wish to draw blood, you need to use a gun that is filled with either twigs, bullets blessed in holy water, or a rosary. Those are your options. Are okay. we clear? Yeah, we are clear. Okay. Re religious symbol. Very cool. <laughs> so that's how you uh, track one, hunt one. Uh, one story that is um, kind of, this is apparently the first account of a Lugahu in Quebec. Um, so this is story. So Andre is an apprentice uh, as a hunter and a trapper, and he's apprenticing with Des bois, which is what's a coureur des bois in English? Um, like a coureur, like a runner of the woods, basically a hunter and a trapper, I guess. Oh, okay, cool. So he is hanging out with this guy named Hubert Sauvageau, uh, and Andre is learning his. So <laughs> Hubert is uh, teaching Andre everything he knows, but he doesn't tell him his one secret that Hubert is actually a Lugahu. Oh, oh no, Seager Wolf. Oh no. So one night, Andre is sleeping at the camp that him and Hubert made, and they're um, joined by this stranger who just. Leo. So 
Leo and Andre are all sleeping and suddenly they wake up to a Lugahu attacking their camp and trying to attack them. Andre has his good luck charm on him and throws it at the Lugahu and it happens to hit the Lugahu in the middle of the forehead and that charm cuts him. So as the blood drips down, the Lugahu turns back into Hubert. Hubert fakes them for breaking the curse and they all agree to never talk it again. Someone broke their promise because we know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that is basically the version of the Lugahu in French Canadian culture. I love that it involves bitch slapping on the baptism. That is the most Quebec thing I've heard all day. <laughs> That's also oui. the nickname we use for Louis sometimes. Yes. Lulu le loup-garou. Lulu le loup-garou. Il fait so sorry, there's a lot of French in there. <laughs> Don't be sorry for French. French is a, that is a gift. <laughs> Listen. Don't ever be sorry for being French. Don't ever. <laughs> well, shit, guys. Uh, yeah, guys. Stay safe. I don't know why I keep saying guys today. Gang. Lovely people. Folks. Folks. Oh, sorry. Our gays, theys, and flambays. We love you. Lovely humans who listen to us and encourage us. We love you. We love you. Anyways, yeah. Stay safe. Don't be racist. (laughs) See you next week. And bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creepy Vibes Only. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. And you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen, download our episodes, and please leave us a review, ideally a really nice one. Thanks for vibing and keeping it creepy with us. We will see you next week. Bye! Elevator music because Milo is being a shit. Hey, it's Dean and Red, and we're the host of Essentially on the Rocks, a podcast built for after the 9 to 5. Yes, when being professional is no longer required. Come hang out with us. We drink whiskey, craft beer, talk shit, and laugh. We mostly talk shit to each other's face. And you did drink that wine I got you pretty fucking fast. I accept this, but don't act like you don't get smashed on $2 moonshine. We don't talk about that. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Join us on Essentially on the Rocks. New episodes released monthly.